If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the ever-expanding Star Trek universe, there have been more main and guest characters than you can shake a self-sealing stem bolt at. Those that shoot to prominence one day could very well be out of the picture the following week, or only see a season before mysteriously getting transferred. Yet, amongst all these guest appearances, there are some absolute gems that fans will kick themselves for forgetting, and they could have impacted the franchise in a much bigger way had they just stuck around a little longer. Now, no, we're not talking about Operations Officer 1 or Background Actor Number 4. These are actual genuine cases of named persons. I'm Bree from Trek culture, and here are 10 characters that you may have forgotten about. Number 10. To rule. Folks, Deep Space Nine now has a new starship. It's called the USS Defiant, and it's super fired up. It's armored to the ends of the Earth, and oh wait, it also has a Romulan cloaking device on loan from the Empire. Now, because of this minor fact, the cloak will have to, and this was emphasized severely in the episode, be operated by a Romulan. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now, this would be awesome if it weren't for the fact that the loan factor is very rarely brought up, but not as little as that disappearance of the Romulan from the Bridge of the Defiant. Appearing in just two episodes, Subcommander Tarul was set to be an essential part of the series thanks to the Defiant's cloak, but, well, she never really appeared again. Now, luckily for the actress Martha Hackett, she would drop into Voyager as Seska, and, well, the rest is history. But even if Hackett did traverse the Delta Quadrant, it's amazing how fast the significant presence of a Romulan on DS9 was cut from the show. Never again would there be a Romulan on the Defiant as part of her contingent, and activating the cloak would be down to the series regulars once the search was completed. It's too bad they didn't keep her, as how interesting would it have been for there to be a Romulan on board the Defiant, especially during the events of the Dominion War. Number 9. Kess. Now I know what you're saying. Brie, we all remember Kess. And you're right, she was a key part of the show's first few seasons. However, she's often overshadowed by Seven of Nine's arrival after the events of Scorpion Part 1 and 2. With a lifespan of nine years that would have allowed Voyager to explore an entire lifetime across its seasons, Kess the Ocampa was a truly unique alien, but her time on the ship was even shorter than she might have expected, facing the axe in favor of Seven of Nine. After Jerry Ryan had stamped a very clear presence on the show from the beginning of Season 4, Kess's time on the ship was all but forgotten. Ryan's arrival changed the dynamic of the show, with a leading trio combining her board character, Janeway, and the Doctor taking center stage. Kessa's return to the show for her solo story, Fury, only sought to remind viewers that they had forgotten Neelix's ex a long time ago and just how little impact the character had actually made on the series. While Kess did have a couple absolute standout moments, most notably Season 3's Warlord and Before and After, it unfortunately came too late to save her or her character. Never offered enough screen time as a main actor or given enough quality material, Kess was sadly destined to be a background character from the show's very beginning. Number 8. Major J. Hughes and the Makos 
Stephen Culp was an important part of the Zindi arc, but it's easy to omit him from your memory given all the other factors going on in Enterprise's best season. And yeah, I said best season. Renowned for his other roles in Desperate Housewives, and also as Riker's replacement in a deleted scene from Nemesis, as the leader of the Military Assault Command Operations Team, or MAKO, assigned to the Enterprise, Culp's Major Hughes clashed with Lieutenant Malcolm Reed on quite a few occasions. One reason he's swallowed up by cannon fog is, well... Culp doesn't really come off as a believable soldier. While the season and the story is a major, yes, pun intended, part of season four's prequel, Hayes seems to have slipped into the background as fast as he appears, and is long gone before a warp engine is fired up in season four. Having the commandos on board for the tricky voyage into the Expanse was a great idea at the time, but one that would only be brought up again in Star Trek Beyond. This time, it would be Idris Elba's Balthazar Edison, who was revealed to be a former Mako who fought both the Romulans and the Zindi. Number 7. Lieutenant Carey A huge part of the initial setup for Voyager, Lieutenant Joe Carey was Voyager's replacement chief engineer for a very brief period. Now, that changed once Janeway appointed Bilana Torres to the role, and Carey was immediately sidelined. For such a prominent character early on in the show's development, Carey was shunted to the background from that point onwards only appearing in alternate timeline episodes after season one, before being unceremoniously killed in season seven, a mere four episodes before Voyager actually makes it back to Earth for Lieutenant Carey. In Friendship One, where his prominence in the early scenes should have alerted viewers that something was amiss, he, along with his await team, are taken hostage while visiting an irradiated planet. After some negotiations take place, Carey is permitted to return to Voyager, but not before spontaneously being blasted through the heart with an antimatter weapon to send Janeway a message. It was an ignoble death for someone who looked, in the early days anyway, like they were going to be a mainstay of the show. The revelation that he'd been painstakingly building a ship in the bottle of Voyager was supposed to be a tug on the heartstrings, but he simply didn't feel like big enough of a deal for it to really matter. Number 6. Lieutenant George Primen Brought aboard Deep Space Nine early in Season 1, Primen was set up to be a constant figure on the station, there to watch over Odo's shoulder. Quickly established as Starfleet security chief on the space station, the series dug into the conflict straight away between the two characters, yet Primen vanished within two episodes. Off screen, the reason for Primen's existence in DS9 was to cover for Colin Meany, who was off working on another project. Meany had only accepted the gig on Star Trek Deep Space Nine if he was allowed to take time out for other work, meaning someone else was required to help out Odo. In this case, it would be the fleetingly used Primen. This was also James Lash second time in uniform after appearing in engineering during TNG's fourth season classic, Brothers. Primmon's role here was not only to offer up a sidekick for the constable, but also to be a potential fall guy since he was only guest starring and therefore potentially disposable. In a later twist to DS9, the Starfleet watchdog would return at the beginning of Season 3, with the introduction of Lieutenant Commander Michael Eddington. And at this point, viewers were no doubt scratching their head trying to remember where this idea might have originally even come from. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Number five, Chief Argyle. Before Lieutenant Geordi LaForge took over the reins in main engineering for TNG's season two, the show played around with a revolving door of chiefs through the first year. Following MacDougall and preceding Logan, Lieutenant Commander Argyle managed a rather legendary three-episode run with Bill Yeager in the role. Appearing in Where No One Has Gone Before, Data Lore, and Lonely Among Us, Argyle may be one of those to carry the blame for reconstructing Data's evil twin, if nothing else. The story goes that Argyle was considered as the permanent incumbent for the chief engineer role, but a letter campaign that began to arrive at Paramount before his first appearance put an end to that idea, as producers suspected there might be a little foul play involved. He may also have been a little too Scotty, since Argyle had a slight Scottish accent, although producers felt that it was different enough from the miracle worker that it could fly. Interesting. He is referred to as one of four chiefs by Riker, which might further indicate that running a ship such as the Enterprise D takes more than one top man at this point, although this was never mentioned again in the show, so we can't be sure. Number 4. Ensign Sonia Gomez Spilling an entire cup of hot chocolate over your commanding officer is definitely one way to ensure that you're gonna make an impression. Well, that is, if your impression lasts all of two episodes. Arriving in the Enterprise D's engineering section in Season 2's Q Who, Ensign Gomez was set for a reoccurring role aboard the starship, backed up with a return in the following Samaritan Snare. An apparent voice of the audience, Gomez, as with most of her peers, was dispatched without a word. An assistant to LaForge, Gomez was a much more emotional character than the main cast at this time, allowing her to voice questions about the Borg and express the unseen remainder of the crew's anxieties on screen. Now, Gomez's most memorable moment for fans is certain to be the infamous spilling incident, which in turn begs the question, who lets officers have hot drinks around engineering workstations? Lycia Naff picked up the part again, well, at least vocally, for the Lower Decks season finale, First First Contact. This is seeing Gomez in command of the USS Archimedes spinning out of control and endangering an inhabited planet, though luckily the USS Cerritos is on hand to help out. Number 3. Dr. Umbenga Appearing in just two episodes of the original series, Dr. Umbenka is a character that Star Trek fans today will place in the Strange New World series premiering in 2022, played in that by Badza Lusumokun. The character first stepped on screen in 1967 during the episode A Private Little War, and in 1969's That Which Survives. Intended purely to act as a backup chief medical officer when Dr. McCoy was unavailable, Booker Bradshaw created a role that has now transcended 50 years of the franchise to appear aboard Captain Pike's NCC-1701. Dr. Umbenga is definitely a forgotten and significant part of the original series, with his expertise in Vulcan physiology coming in hand during his tenure on the Enterprise, a tenure which we can now add looks likely to have lasted a lot longer than was previously known, since it's now been confirmed that he served under Captain Christopher Pike before the famous five-year mission. He's been utilized in fan series such as Star Trek Continues, as well as in tie-in novels. Plus, thanks to the Vanguard series, he managed to acquire a first name, which has been revealed as Jabilo. Number 2. Crewman Cutler 
Now, unfortunately, this is a tragic one, as her departure from the show was not something that happened through the writer's room. Kelly Waymire's tragic death in 2003 would actually be what cut short the possibility of Elizabeth Cutler's return to Enterprise, and in that instance, the producers also chose not to recast the role, which, to be fair, I do think was a good choice. Cutler appeared in three season one episodes, Strange New World, Dear Doctor, and the penultimate story of the year, Two Days and Two Nights. Serving as an exobiologist and later as a trainee medic, Cutler was entrusted with the role of chief medical officer while Phlox hibernated in the aforementioned episode, Two Days and Two Nights, having to wake him only to treat Ensign Mayweather, whose injuries were beyond her capabilities at the time. From her interactions with the crew, viewers can see that crewman first class Elizabeth Cutler was destined for a much longer tenure on the show, with three strong appearances in Enterprise's initial season. Indeed, her appearances in Dear Doctor and Two Days and Two Nights were a central part of the episodes, making her one of the more important supporting casts, and sadly one of the more tragic entries into this list. Cutler wasn't mentioned in Season 2, but was given a respectful mention in Season 3 following Kelly Waymire's death. Number 1. Yeoman Smith The original character that you forgot existed, Yeoman Smith. Smith was a key part of the promotion work for the second pilot of Star Trek, appearing alongside William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Yeoman Smith, played by Andrea Drom, was intended to fulfill the role vacated by Lauren Goodwin's Yeoman Colt. In fact, Drom could even share this honorable position with Paul Fix, who portrayed Dr. Piper for this lone outing. Press releases for the second pilot highlighted her character as the captain's secretary, a dispenser of coffee, and perhaps most degradingly, a change of scenery from long hours scanning the vast reaches of space. That's not at all creepy, not even a little. How lovely to receive a role as such on a show that was all about equality and respect to all. A precursor to the short-lived Yeoman Janice Rand, Smith's non-role was given much more presence than might have been expected, thanks, perhaps, to the interests of one Gene Roddenberry. However, Drom, who had a fairly successful career aside from Star Trek, would not be called back to take on her role for the main series. Step forward Grace Lee Whitney, who would take on the duties of Kirk's assistant for a chunk of the first season. 